0: blue wire
1: hello everyone and welcome to episode number 43 of that's what be said i'm your host Bree at breezy clee and i'm joined by miss Brittany Mollis at bird's eye view hello brit
0: hello everyone
1: and meredith at mcan sports is with us hi mer
0: hello ladies
1: guys it's international mm. podcast day today
0: yay happy
1: international podcast day we are international we really
0: are international we have friends in like australia and maybe canada yes um
2: i I think the uk too yeah i think we have some friends in the uk as well whoa
1: hello everyone um we have a lot of stuff to get into tonight lots of sports plenty of football uh but we're gonna kick off with the indians because they are currently playing right now we're recording this on wednesday night obviously um, and they lost the first game, really bad. Uh, we don't need to relive that moment. But right now they are leading for nothing. We're in the second inning as we're recording this. Uh, it looks a lot better than it looked last night. I will say that uh, we had a brief rain delay. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts because Shane Bieber in the in the first game looked pretty average. <laughs>
0: That's average? putting it nicely. <laughs> yeah, I don't say average.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, he has the potential to win the Cy Young. So average feels like, you know, some criticism. Okay, some- do you
0: remember in 2007? Meredith, you probably won't because you were not in Cleveland at this time. But do you remember in 2007 when we had uh, CeCe and in and they were like, one, two, punch. Yeah, boom, boom. And then we got to the playoffs, and they were just terrible. Remember that?
1: Why does this feel like the most Cleveland thing ever, like, when you say that? It's
0: I know. Like- but then you also had Corey Kluber, what was it, in 2017?
1: Yeah. Where he just blew it, was it. Like a dud.
0: Yes. And as I'm watching that last night, and I'm like, oh, my God. And it's against the Yankees all the time. Terrible. Freaking and then they had the, the rain Yankees. delays tonight, and everyone had PTSD from 2016 when they had the rain delays. It's, it's a oh, thing. It's a whole thing.
1: Yeah, the Yankees freaking just hit a home run. As yeah, as just, yeah. This
2: uh. annoying. Well, it's just it's, it's just one, but yeah, that just that feels like the story of the Cleveland Indians, where they have the best rotation in baseball, mm-hmm. and then they just crap out like the minute the regular season ends. Like Shane Bieber was, I mean, I know it was only 60 games, but he was lights out in all 12 of his starts. I think he only lost one game the entire season. Like that is incredible for a pitcher that young. And then to give up, what did he, did he give up? What was it? Seven runs yesterday before they finally pulled him. It was, it was you rough.
1: I think that it, like, is there something to be said though, just about the condensed season with, obviously like from a stat line perspective, things just being a little bit of proportion in terms of, can you really measure someone's success in a 60 game season with obviously the lack of teams that they were playing and the, like just the competition, just in general.
2: I mean, and not only was it condensed the game, there were very few days off yeah. total. So like where a pitcher might be used to pitching once a week, like once a week, every five games, This time, every five games will be twice in a week. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Also, I have to admit something. Oh, boy. I didn't know that this first round was only three games. (laughs) Oh, no. I was sitting (laughs) there last night, and I'm like, okay, I mean, it's just one game. Who cares? Yeah, like, okay, (laughs) we have, like, four – like, calm down, everyone. And then, like, I was with uh, Danny, and he's like, no, like, this is three. I was like, best of three? What the hell world is this? (laughs) Why would you have a best of three? What is that – Why 2020
2: because more teams are in the playoffs probably although the wild card games were normally best of one
0: yes it was like one and done which i liked it was was very intense that made for a good time what if every playoff
2: game in every league was one and done like instead of having seven game series in like nba and nhl and mlb I mean, if that's it actually
1: was? football. I was, yeah. thinking, I was thinking the opposite yesterday, like randomly yesterday. Like imagine if, if the NFL, it was like a series, like a three game.
2: That would be fun. <laughs> but then you'd have to figure out how frequently they would play because they're used to like the... Yeah, because it's a week. Yeah, they now. only play... I mean, I'm sure the NFL would love that because that would extend the season. Yeah,
1: the season would have to go on through like March. But like, come on, <laughs> yes. we're in 2020. Like why not just do this, right? These, Can you like, imagine how
0: exhausting right that would be? That would be Ugh. Like not just for the players obviously the players but like more importantly the fans
1: <laughs> like I could have, not do
0: that yeah, oh my god what if they
1: have like a 70 man roster yeah
2: <laughs> and what if the Browns were in like a five game series against the Ravens it would be Baker and Lamar oh, over and over and over again for a month straight but maybe that was- they
1: could treat it like baseball where you know, you switch off your starting pitchers. Like maybe they switch off your starting quarterback, and it becomes this <laughs> whole strategy. Like Case Keenum gets the start for games. You know game. what, guys?
2: I think we fixed football. <laughs> we just we just solved football. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll, what
0: we'll a send
2: mess! Not
1: a Roger Goodell. <laughs> sure.
2: I mean, I think baseball needs fixing more than the NFL does. Yeah, very, but, true. Um, <laughs> very true. I like this idea though, and if we're gonna do it in any year, 2020 is the year to do it. Although I'm sure J.C. Treader would have something to say about that, Mr. Players Union President.
1: Yes. Well, so now that Brittany came to the realization this is only a three-game series, obviously we must win this game. And I saw a really depressing stat today about the Indians in a elimination game. Mm. We haven't won one um, Mm -hmm. since. Hang on, let me pull this up so that I'm not lying.
2: It's 2020. It's okay to lie, right? They
1: have lost their nine. Straight elimination games—the longest active streak in sport So that does not make me feel great.
0: Is it longer than Minnesota's? Yeah, wait, no, because Minnesota
2: has lost like like 18. eighteen consecutive playoff games. Yeah.
1: I don't know. This comes from my brother-in-law. So this must. No where got this. Is
2: this oh well, new? she's talking about elimination games. Yeah, elimination. Okay. okay. Yeah, versus Minnesota that has just—they have not won a playoff game in 18 games. Can you imagine? Well, I mean, I can't
0: imagine. Yeah, (laughs) we're Cleveland. We can imagine anything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so okay, so let me ask you guys this, uh, because I know, like, I know Brittany and I follow a few people up in Minneapolis. I don't know if you do as well, Brie, but um, is it comforting to see another fan base that miserable?
1: Ooh. That's a good question.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this on Sunday as I watched Atlanta Falcons blow it again. That's the like first time I've ever felt as a Cleveland fan actual sadness for somebody else. I'm like, man, you know, the Browns they've been rotten and they've had seasons where they didn't win a single game. But imagine having to go through this every, every Sunday where they just put up numbers, they get ahead, it looks like smooth sailing, and then it just all explodes in their face. I can't, that hurts me just as a sports fan to watch them do that. So Atlanta, I feel bad for them. Minnesota, not as much just because, I mean, like they're in the same division, eh, kind of rival. I don't feel bad for them. I'd probably <laughs> feel bad if it were Detroit though. I'll say that.
2: Yeah, D- Detroit gets a lot of flack that I don't think they deserve. But yeah, right. the the Tigers haven't been good. The Lions haven't been good. Um, that's that is another mis. What is it, what is it with the Midwest and miserable fan bases?
0: Mm-hmm. I know. But... I it
1: makes you compassionate though, Brittany, because I will I will say I find mm-hmm. myself feeling that way as well. Even in the game on Sunday with the Browns, part of me like felt bad for Dwayne Haskins. I'm like, come on, Brie, Like, how many games have you watched of pathetic Browns quarterbacking and nobody felt bad for them nobody like so why why does a piece of me like oh I kind of like after his like third interception I'm like oh man
0: I kind of feel bad is it him. the Buckeye thing though no I think no, no, no. so like yes it not- totally is because I did no, not no. feel bad for him at all <laughs> and it's absolutely because of the Buckeye
1: thing. <laughs> no I have felt this way I think I felt this way another time watching the Browns and it had nothing to do with the Buckeyes like just I don't know. I did I, you feel I, bad for Lamar on Monday? Yes. No. No, <laughs> no I actually enjoyed that. I enjoyed
2: that. Big Ten bias.
1: <laughs> no. Um, there was another game. I think I don't know if it was last year or two. I'm like, we didn't win that many games last year. I oh, it was when we played the Jets when they lost. Like. When Sam Darnold was out with mono and then they had to start their backup and then he got injured and then they brought in their third string. I kind of felt bad for them, but I was like, come on, like again, how many times have we went through a string of quarterbacks in a season and nobody, everyone laughs at us and here I am feeling bad.
2: Yeah, that's true. People love to laugh at the, at like Cleveland sports misery. And I think it just comes from a place of relief that it's not them. Yeah. Like, I really think that's what it is. And it sucks. And I get annoyed by it. Um, also, speaking of other fan bases, and we might be able to get into this a little bit. I did not realize that Baker Mayfield's uh, Progressive commercials was a nationwide campaign. Like, I thought it was local to Cleveland. <laughs> so when I was talking to some of my old colleagues and some friends back in D.C., they were just talking about how annoyed they are by Baker Mayfield. And I'm like, like why he has been so quiet like he's you know not getting into fights with colin cowherd he's not posting outrageous things on social media what's so annoying about him and then my dad was like oh we're just sick of those progressive commercials and i was like wait you see those in dc he's like yeah they're literally everywhere across the country i was like oh i i legitimately thought those progressive commercials were uh were just local to cleveland i didn't realize they were everywhere
0: Oh my gosh. My niece called me one time at 11 o'clock at night. She was laying in bed with my sister and they were watching TV and a Baker Mayfield commercial came on. So she had to call me at 11 o'clock at night to tell me, Aunt I just saw Baker Mayfield on a commercial. That's amazing. Did so well. Yeah, they
1: don't think it's widespread this year, which is, I think, a good thing.
0: They're funny, though. They're good ones.
2: Yeah, they are pretty good. The grocery one made me laugh. The Hulu ones are kind of annoying, but I like the progressive ones. Oh, no,
0: the Hulu ones are good. Really? With the 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 heads and the bodies.
2: (laughs) That's a good time. I don't know. Maybe because I see – I think it's one of those things when I saw it at first, I was like, okay, that's kind of like funny and topical for 2020, but now I'm just annoyed by it, and I think it's because of the amount of times I've seen it. I'll give you that. So, Yeah. (laughs)
1: you guys think, to, to wrap up the Indians, you guys think they can pull it off tonight?
2: I think so. I'm going to have faith in our guys. Yeah, they're, def- they're going to pull this one off and
0: there's going to be a game three, which is no. <laughs> new game seven, apparently.
2: <laughs> With well, all I mean-
0: this new info, I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I mean, every other team that I've been rooting for has
2: been losing. Like, my team didn't even make it. Like, the Nationals took a nap thinking they could come back from 19 and 31, not realizing that's the entire season. Um, and then... I was actually rooting for Minnesota just because I hate the Astros so much, and then they got swept. And then I was rooting for the Reds today just because they haven't – this is their first postseason appearance, I think, in, like, seven or eight years. And just cheering for another Ohio team. And then, oh, my God. Yeah, but I, I watched all five and a half hours of that 13-inning game just to, just to see the Reds lose one to nothing. Ugh. that's like my hell. That's my day. <laughs> <laughs> so like every team that I've been rooting for hasn't been winning so I just I want I just want one win guys just one just one
1: let's do it let's close it Indians all right let's move on to the Browns (laughs) because our very own Cleveland Browns have a winning record for the first time since 2014 Woo! which just goes to show you 2020 is weird guys uh, well we want to enjoy the moment for a bit because unfortunately some people still are not happy with this. I wanted to ask you guys, 2014 was six years ago. What were oh you doing God. in 2014?
2: Oh, I have to think about that. I don't, I don't remember. Brittany, what,
0: what were you doing in 2014? 2014. Why does that feel like it was like a hundred years ago? Because it was. 2014. Okay. Number one, I was not watching the Cleveland Browns. I know that. You weren't. Oh, no. I took a hiatus from the Browns for, like, two years. The Johnny Manziel years, pfft, I was out. <laughs> Would not watch them. So, I wasn't doing that. But I also, I was living in Winston-Salem at the time. I was working as yeah. a news reporter. How about that? You. Yeah. Um, and I was also working at Target's on the weekends because I was a news reporter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. That sounds accurate. I think not a lot of people realize that, that when you work in any kind of media capacity, whether it's a reporter or radio, um, not as much TV, um, but you'll very rarely find someone in the media field that only has one job. Yes.
0: It was brutal. But yeah, that's what I was living in North Carolina. I was boycotting the Browns. I was still a pretty big Indians fan at the time um love the calves.
1: Yeah, cuz LeBron came back that year, remember? Yes.
0: Yes. Oh god, do I remember. That was like yes. the the best moment of my life. I know, same. But then also, let's, I was also still an Ohio State fan. How about that? Oh. Yeah. Things I didn't realize changed. you were
2: did not realize you were an Ohio State fan period. I thought you were like a lifer Notre Dame.
0: Oh no, if you know creep on my State Instagram great. like just scroll 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 scroll, you'll see a picture of me and my family doing the OHIO dressed okay. in Ohio State gear.
2: Um, okay, that's what I'm doing when we're done recording. I'm gonna start creeping <laughs> on your Instagram. You're gonna
1: have a lot of likes on that picture. Yeah. I um
2: 2014. I was still living in D.C. Obviously, I hadn't left home yet. Well, no, I mean, I had left my parents' house. I was living on my own. But when I say I haven't left left home, I was still living in my hometown. Um, I think I was actually working for the PGA Tour at that time. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So I was doing golf, which by the way, of all the sports that I've ever worked for and or covered, PGA might be one of my favorites. Really? I have, I have so many stories from working for the PGA Tour. Um, low key, very, very fun sport to cover. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I was doing PGA Tour. Um, yeah, because I didn't go to Nashville until 2016. So yeah, I was still, still in DC at that point. I don't even remember. Like it feels like so long ago. And 2014 feels like a century ago. It's wild. Because
1: 2020 has been like ten years.
2: Oh, yeah, that's I know. Yeah, I was about to say February feels like it was 100. Like if like Kobe Bryant passed away this year, you guys.
1: I know. Well, the fact that LeBron came back in 2014, won a championship, and then is already gone. Like that happened in the span of then and now, and the Browns haven't had a winning record. Like that to me is just mm-hmm. in sports timelines is crazy to think about
0: yes what were he you doing 2014
1: i actually had just moved back here back to the area and li- and my daughter was only nine months old little dude w- didn't exist
0: oh my god a world without little dude he, know, right? How so you so, so you're saying that this is the first
2: time in little dude's life that he has seen browns over 500 yes I yeah. saw him uh, celebrating on your beanbag chair. That was like a small planet.
1: Yeah, someone was like, "That's the moon." <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like, it. I think that beanbag chair has its own orbit.
1: Yeah, I told Ann she's gonna have to come over for a, a game, and she can park on one of them. You guys, well, Mary's already working, but Brittany, you guys, you can come down. And you can park on the other one. It's, it's a great spot to watch game.
0: Yes, please.
1: Um, all right. So, anyway, regardless of the winning record, you guys. Twitter stays annoying, per usual. Um, So we're going to get into our recurring segment, annoying things on Twitter. We have a couple of things outside of the Browns, but obviously a lot of this pertains to the Browns. Um, But I'm going to go with number one here because regardless of our winning record, there's a crowd on Twitter that essentially wants to dismiss any type of credit when it comes to Kevin Stefanski, which bothers me. Um, So it feels like, These are the same people that scolded the three of us all off-season when we were excited about the hire, excited about the off-season. And Mm -hmm. if you guys recall, what we kept hearing was, it's the off-season, we need them to win some games. And, and, you know, if you go back and listen to our recordings, how many times did we say you can't win games in the off-season? So, like, stop using that as your argument. Every time. Every time. So this crowd continues to move the goalposts because – Just to revisit this logic we comment and say that we love what kevin stefanski has brought to the team thus far they responded and said i'll believe him when he starts winning games kevin stefanski responds with winning actual football games and now all i see are comments like well i we need to like win six to eight games or we make it to six eight games and then i will evaluate the hire or we need to make the playoffs and then it's a good hire can we just rewind a little bit because we have spent the last 20 years losing games we were supposed to win and finding multiple ways to lose games by the way so can we just be happy with accomplishing something no. under Kevin fancy
0: <laughs> no we
2: can't well, well and here's the thing so with with freddie last year he just looked incompetent like right out of the gate and I'm not gonna say that yeah, like and How I'm not many gonna say that did we have Eight, Oh did my god, game? eighteen penalties <laughs> in the first game. So god. like did I know I that
1: many this year. I don't even think we do.
2: No, like not at all. And so I like I know the Browns lost their first game, but that was to be expected because it's against the Ravens who are potential yeah. Super Bowl contenders right. this year. So that was a really hard game to look at Kevin Stefanski and judge him by just because it was such a hard game to win in the first place. But he didn't look dumb in that game the way Freddie Kitchens looked dumb in his first game. And then on top of that, the thing that is so important, I think, about the last two games that the Browns have won is that those are the games in past seasons under Freddie, under Hugh, where you're looking at those games and saying, okay, these are the games that the Browns need to win. Yes. It's mm-hmm. not just that they should win these games. It's that they need to win these games. And guess what? Under Kevin Stefanski, they have. And that's the yes. biggest difference. I know we're only three games in, but that is the biggest difference between Kevin Stefanski's regime versus everything else for the past five to ten years is we're looking at these games against Washington and against a, you know, a, a depleted Bengals team and saying, okay, these are the games you have to win. And then Kevin Stefanski
0: won. Okay, I have a few things. I'm going to go off in a second. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. We should have a new segment every week called Britney Goes Off because it's like my favorite part of every week. There are a few things I need to say about this. Number one, just talking about Kevin Stefanski, I saw this yesterday and I lost my mind. So uh, a man named Nick Carnes at Carnes 817 he tweeted and he said, lost in the fun of Browns Victory Monday was Tony Grossi taking a snipe at Baker Mayfield for only having 10 or less or for having 10 or less passes in the second half of both wins, which what? Okay. I'm not literally, gonna,
1: literally.
0: like, why? But Stefanski responded with the favorable formula is having a lead in the fourth quarter, which I just lost love. it. <laughs> I like, oh my God, he gets it. I love him so much. But then second of all, I think there's a portion of Browns fans who are so conditioned to be miserable and negative, and they refuse to see the good in anything. And that portion, they're just never going to get it. They're never going to look at the upside of anything. They're never going to be happy even if they win. Like, this, they just... They want to be miserable. That's the only explanation I have. They just want to be miserable. Okay. That's second of all. Third of all, I wrote this in the rundown. I have a story for you guys. Oh boy. Did you see it? I need to know. No, 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 I haven't seen this. I'm excited. I wrote in the rundown. I don't understand why we can't just be happy for a second. I have a story to tell about a sandwich. (laughs) Are you ready? Yes. Let's do that. Okay. So this was like back in the 2014 years, that era. Um, Might have been a couple, well, I was poor for a lot of that time. Let's just be clear about that. So while I was living by myself, I had like no money at all. And during this particular time, I was just strictly working at Target. I was making minimum wage. Um, But it was in between, you know, a reporter job and before I got into copywriting. So I was just trying to make ends meet, had nothing. So I I was hanging out with my brother one day and he's like, you know, I'm really hungry. I'm going to get something to eat. I didn't want to tell him that I had not eaten an actual real meal in like a week and a half, two weeks probably. And he's like, do you want anything? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I think I could maybe go for something. (laughs) So he's like, all right. He's like, I'm going to get you a turkey sub with fries. And I was like, Oh my God. So we got, we went, got to this like wonderful Italian place down in Winston-Salem. It's the only Italian place, but they have like great everything. So they like subs and I always get meatballs there. That's beside the point. So we come back to the apartment and I look at this and I'm like, oh my God. To this day, nothing in my life has ever tasted as good as that turkey sub. Like it was just the best thing in the world. And I think about that story and I'm like, you know, any other, now if I had a turkey sub, if I had that exact turkey sub, it would not taste as good because, you know, it's it, now it's just a turkey sub. But at that time I was like, oh my God. And it got me thinking about, you know, people take everything for granted. Browns fans take things for granted. So we have two wins and instead of treating these two wins like that turkey sub, like something precious that you've needed for so long, they just treat it like, well, you know, Kevin Stefanski, blah, 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 and Baker Mayfield read this and that. And I, I can't – look, my vein's popping out of my head again. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what they do. I just want Browns fans to start appreciating things. It's okay for us to celebrate having a winning record, even if it's just a two-in-one record. It's fine. That's something to be happy about. We haven't had that in a long time. So if fans want to, you know, rejoice over something that seems very small and insignificant and the big just let us have that. This year is so bad. This year is so <laughs> rough. So if we yeah. want to smile because our team is two and one, like just let us have that. We're fine. Same
1: record as the Baltimore Ravens
0: there you go Whoa. this is awesome we are living in the best time right now.
1: <laughs> I mean this is this might be as good as it gets and right I oh mean, god like, don't say cherish that. this <laughs> I'm, if, I'm if the best
0: we get is you know one game over five like cool that's something I don't know I, I, just, I mean
1: I get it I know we are the positive ones and I know people think that we are just gullible and maybe we're a little bit naive, but. I would rather live my life that way than just constantly thinking everything's horrible and going to go wrong. Because what's the fun in that? What's the fun in that life? Like it's not fun. Just enjoy the moment. Enjoy what we're in right now. We might not win another game this season, but you know what? In week three of the NFL, we are two and one and we have a winning record and I will take that. I will take that.
0: It's really that simple.
2: I would would say small (laughs) victory. Yes. Uh, the other, and I think both of you touched on this a tad tiny bit with Baker, the other annoying thing that I saw on Brown's Twitter is people being upset at Baker's numbers because they're like, well, if he's a first round draft, he was a number one overall pick. He should be throwing for 300 plus yards a game. And it's like, no,
0: not when you have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, Right. They and want you know, the best. They want everything. It's yes. like, okay, when they're not running enough, then, you know, it's piss on Kevin Stefanski and this yes. whole scheme. They're not giving them the ball enough. But then when Baker's not throwing enough, that's also a problem. So it's like, literally, there are some people who just love to be miserable. They love yes. it. They don't know what to do without it.
2: Yeah. I think it's just, honestly, I think there's something in their life that's making them just so such heinous people, and instead of confronting their own problems, they manifest their misery and use it to bully people online, and then use it to. They are misdirecting their anger yeah. at the Cleveland Browns and at Kevin Stefanski. Actually, anyone that's happy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's that's pretty much what it comes down to. And I think they also get mad when they see other people happy. They get mad when they see like you, Brittany, they get mad when they see that you got things right and they get upset at that. So then they come at you on Twitter. Brie. they get mad at you when you're posting adorable pictures and (laughs) videos of your children. So they come at you for that. Like they're just finding ways to just manifest their anger at happy people. And just those, that, that type of person. And like, this is like, Dale on crack kind of person this is beyond the regular Dale yeah they're just exhausting people so when I saw the you know Baker isn't throwing for 300 plus yards a game he's not earning his like he's not going to earn his paycheck as a number one overall pick and it's like if he is making the proper reads and if he is getting the ball in the hands of the person that's going to score who cares if he's throwing it or passing like or or handing it off who cares? As long as the person on the other end of the ball gets it into the end zone.
1: Yeah, right. and you, you both bring up very good points about Baker because these are the same people that, as you mentioned, Brittany, a year ago were Matt and we weren't running the ball. When Freddie wasn't running the ball, and we were trying to throw it a million yards down the field and Baker was mm-hmm. just throwing interceptions all season long. Remember mm-hmm. that? Well, now we're running the ball and people aren't happy or people are giving Baker criticism because now yes. all of a sudden that must mean that Baker is not a good quarterback. And I don't know if you guys caught this today on the internet, but there was a clip going around of Baker mic'd up. And it was after he threw his touchdown to Harrison Bryant. Yes. Um, you know, he was really excited. He was celebrating. Mm. They were all celebrating. And then he runs up to OBJ and Jarvis, who were like off the field together and like slaps both of them on the butt and says something <laughs> along the lines of like, Don't worry, you guys will get yours or like, you said,
0: something. I said, I lines. love you guys. Be patient.
1: Yes. It yes. 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 Thank you.
0: Yes. Totally botched that. Yes. And
1: of course, like, you know, everybody is automatically saying that that's Jarvis and OBJ must be like unhappy or they were unhappy that Harrison Bryant got the touchdown. I think, I'm pretty sure OBJ was one of the first ones to celebrate with Harrison Bryant when he caught the pass.
2: And then did you see the other, there was another video that NFL Films released. Um, It was one of Nick Chubb's touchdowns. I think it was the one where he... Um, it was like a, I think it was like a three or four yard carry and he had to like push his way into the end zone and Baker saw him from like 10 or 15 yards out. And he, he saw that he was going to get in. So he just, Baker sprints into the end zone to go celebrate. And I think Baker got into the end zone before Nick Chubb did. <laughs> like that. it was just, it was so good. Like, and and he did that last year too. That's like one of the things that has not changed about Baker is how big he celebrates when his teammates score. I love that about him.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: One Um, more thing before we move on that I saw a lot of people saying on Sunday was, and I'm not saying it's not a valid point, but like, I don't know, the whole, everything about Sunday, the, the reactions and people's negativity over being two and one sort of rubbed me the wrong way. So something that I kept seeing was people saying, well, you know, I wish one day they get to a point where they're winning because of Baker Mayfield Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, like they're winning and Baker's doing okay, but, you know, he can be replaced by anyone and they'd still be winning because they're giving the book. But like, I feel like they're taking baby steps in the right direction. I feel like last year... Really, really hurt Baker Mayfield in a lot of ways developmentally, mm-hmm. and now they're just trying to guide him and get him back on the right track, and that's gonna take time, but it just feels like you know if it's they're always just looking for the next thing to to be mad about. Mm-hmm. It's like just enjoy this one for like a day or two, just enjoy the, what we have right now, and I don't know that just made me mad. yeah there
2: saying. there are enough signs that the Browns are moving in the right direction with the coach, with his support staff, with Andrew Berry, with Baker Mayfield and all the offensive weapons. Like there is enough there for me to be okay with being patient. Like when it was Freddie Kitchens, I wanted him gone after six games. I was like, there's there's there this no is progress. not going to get any better. Yeah. Yep. This is not going to get any better. But f- what we're seeing with with this new Browns regime and everything right now is we're seeing prog- a lot of progress in three games. And I think that to me that says, okay, maybe they don't get over 500 by the end of the season. Maybe they do finish, you know, seven and nine or six and 10, but that's okay because there's enough there that I am seeing that I'm saying, okay, Kevin Stefanski – gets at least two to three years, at least, you know, because it's going to take, it's going to take time. And it seems like they have just the right methods in place to get there. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's almost as if Baker is back to his work a year in a sense. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, for us, I think that's kind of what it boils down to with how last season went and with just the amount of turnover and change he's experienced. I mean, this is his fourth mm-hmm. his fourth coach playbook, relearning the system. I mean, this mm-hmm. is essentially like starting all over again and not and to he, mention all of the setbacks with just not having a normal preseason.
2: Yeah, and he's not, he, when he was in college, he wasn't like Trevor Lawrence, who was, you know, this freshman phenom that Clemson gets to keep for three years. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Clemson got so lucky with, with Trevor Lawrence. Like nobody knew who Baker Mayfield was until his senior year. Nobody knew who he was until he planted the flag on the O, you know? And so it's just, you know, he, he needed time when he was in college, and I think he's going to need time as a pro. And, and thankfully, in the pros, he'll hopefully have a nice long career as opposed to college where you get five years max.
1: Yeah. All right, so two other things to wrap up in our annoying things on Twitter segment. So this one should be pretty quick because we touched on this a little bit last week, but the Where's Miles Garrett crowd was pretty loud um, on Twitter again during the entire game. Um, listen, we talked about this. Miles Garrett isn't going to have five sacks a game. Like that's it's just not going to happen. Brittany mentioned on last week's episode he's getting double teamed almost every snap, so mm-hmm. they're focusing on him as they should. He is that much of a difference maker. Mm-hmm. I think Miles proved himself in the game on Sunday. He made another game changing play. It was a strip sack essentially sealed, sealed the game. It's been two weeks in a row of miles making this type of play. Mm -hmm. I think we have to remember that miles missed almost an entire half of a season last year. Right. And, and when you go back to last year, our defense suffered tremendously. So Mm -hmm. we need to stop with the whole, where's miles Garrett at when the defense Mm -hmm. is struggling because miles Garrett is an impact player and he's making impact plays. So I hope, I hope that they realize much he does mean to this defense and if you forget go back to last year those last final games it's because we missed him
0: yeah because he makes everyone better yes. like that's yes. the thing that people you know if he's getting double teamed someone else has that means someone's open you know what i mean like this yes. isn't it's, it's don't a to, team he's
1: not playing they don't have to pay attention
0: exactly also, one thing, can we talk about how
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> we talk about yeah. how strong Dwayne Haskins' undershirt was to drag oh Miles <laughs> and Gary across oh the God. field? Oh he God. was getting dragged by this undershirt. <laughs> that was incredible.
1: <laughs> Holy incredible. crap. How did not
2: rip? I, I wanna know I wanna know what material that is. And I, I need to make, I don't know, need to make like a tent out of it or something. I would make a house out of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just think like did you guys watch, the, like, wrestling growing up? Because I just went yes. back to all the wrestlers that would yes. just rip their shirts. And I'm like, how did they just rip their shirts like that? Miles <laughs> Garrett by a guy by his shirt and it didn't rip.
0: I could not. I was like, oh, my God. How did that just happen? Like, he's just, like, dragging him on the ground. Also, Dwayne Haskins is pretty strong, by the way.
2: Yeah. yeah. Miles
0: is not a small man. Miles yeah. Garrett is – he's, like, 6'2", 265, I think. That's a exactly. man. That's, that's a lot of – Yes. <laughs> that is a man did you guys wait hold on now that i'm thinking about it did you guys see that umpire from last night at the end he was six foot seven 240 pounds holy crap i didn't see that i did not (gasps) see that no he looked like like he was like michael myers back there leering creeping behind roberto perez it was all very scary very good for spooky season though six seven i'm pretty sure he was like 240 some pounds and like once they pointed it out that's all i could stare at was this ginormous umpire it was very distracting
2: i know it's i know it's football but i always thought that uh ed and steve hockley were the uh jacked refs
0: i don't think i know i don't really like pay attention to refs (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, they were the only reason I know those names. I forget which one. One of them has made so many awful calls, and like, and that's one of the things when it, when it comes down to being either an umpire or a referee in any sport is you don't want people to know your name because if they do, it's for something bad. Yeah. So I forget what, but I, I think the hockey leagues have made a lot of uh, bad calls uh, over over the courses of their careers, which is why I know their names. But also, they're super jacked. So.
0: There's that too. Yeah, this guy was a beast. But sorry, that just reminded me, and I had to get that off my chest. No, you're
1: fine. We're going to wrap up (laughs) with probably perhaps the most annoying thing on Twitter um, this week. And I do have to shout out Sunday the Browns made history with with the Washington football team by having two female coaches coaching in a game with a female ref, which was awesome, wonderful. Like, this is the progress you want to see. Like, this is the future of the NFL. This should be Mm. normal, normalized. But then on the flip side, you still have instances in women in sports getting harassed. Mm-hmm. And this is obviously something that we unfortunately know too well, all too well. we're like, we're nobodies. I mean, Meredith, you're somebody in the, in the industry. Oh, Brittany no, and I are just not. fans. You know, we're just here. Um, but it came across our laps earlier this week that Aditi Kinkabala, who we love, we stand. Mm-hmm. Um, she covers the Steelers a lot. And she was obviously in the press conference with Mike Tomlin and some stupid Steelers fan, just garbage fan tweeted at her that she shouldn't have a job and that she's biased and mad because AB left her after she birthed his baby. Wait, sorry. What? But what's even more disturbing about this is that this guy responded to another Dale who was celebrating the fact that she got brutalized by Tomlin during her press conference because she asked dumb questions. So Aditi saw this and she, she screenshotted it because clearly these people hopefully deleted their tweets after she called them out on it um, and responded because some of these things are just really hard to ignore. Yeah. And my whole thought on this was... They clearly never ever listen to a Browns because she's better than all of the beat reporters that cover the oh Browns. My God. Regardless her, of any gender, her
2: questions are so good. Like I mean, you you
0: guys know how. She's fresh air. How Kevin much- Stefanski's face lights up when she I asks know. a question. I, yeah, you guys know That's the only how time much <laughs> his face lights up.
2: <laughs> you know how much content I consume in the form of press conferences because it's part of my job, and I get so excited when Aditi is there because I'm like, Oh good. She's because not only does she ask really smart questions, she asks them in a very smart way as well. Cause that's Mm -hmm. another thing that I get a little frustrated with when I hear, and it's not just Browns, it's media all across the country in all markets and, and not just sports. You can tell that the reporter wants a certain answer And when they ask the question, the question just is very, very poorly worded. And I don't know if they're getting flustered or if they lost their words. I've done that before, I know. But like Aditi, just completely unflappable. She knows what she wants to ask. She asks it in a very straightforward manner. And her follow-ups are also what are really, really good. Mm -hmm. Like that is like, she is the queen of follow-up questions. And it's not, oh, I'm going to ask the same question in a different way because I didn't get the answer I wanted. It's- Asking a follow-up question to get additional information. And that's yeah. that's one of the reasons why she's the best at what she does. There's a reason she works at the NFL Network and okay. not, you know, like, she's not a local beat reporter. She is a national reporter for the National Football League. And there's a reason she got that job.
1: Yeah, so Steelers fans, in conclusion, you're trash. Secondly, yes. you would put her on a pedestal because she's amazing and you're lucky to have her. And mm-hmm. sorry that Mike Tomlin wasn't giving you the answers that you wanted, but don't blame her. Like, stop blaming the reporter, especially her, when it comes to that.
0: Um, No, and I saw her, um, tweet about, you know, not ignoring, because one of the things that sort of bugs me, and, I mean, a little bit, not really, but, you know, Sometimes I'll put people on blast when they yeah. say something stupid. Mind you, that's only, like, a fraction of the stuff that is actually tweeted at me. But, like, once I'll sift through, go through the more comments section of my mentions, no. which is always a no. treasure trove no. yeah. of discussing. But, you know, I'll, I'll go through there once in a while, pick out something horrible and, like, blast it. And people are like, why do you even pay attention? Why do you give these troves? Because. And the Aditi sort of, you know said the same thing and much better than I would, but you have to remind people sometimes that you are not a public punching bag. Yeah. You're not, you don't deserve to be talked to by these people, the way that they're talking to you. So, you know, if what, when people are like, well, you should just ignore them. I ignore most of them, but I also have to remind them of who they're dealing with because I'm smarter than like 90% of these people that tweeted me. And I know that And if they come to me and say something stupid, there's a little bit of a chance they're going to get blasted because I have to remind people that I am not a punching bag. I'm just a human being. I'm not even a reporter. I'm nothing. I'm a copywriter. (laughs) So if you want to come at me, if you want to come at anyone, expect to be blasted. Stop doing it. You get nowhere with. I don't see anything good happening to these people once they do that. Just stop doing it. And a lot of them
2: wind up deleting the tweets anyway, like once you kind of put them on blast. And That's why I
0: always take screenshots and then I say, own your words. Because if you have the balls to say something stupid to me, then have the balls to own up to it once I blast you for it. Once more than just my eyes read it. Because once 17,000 people's eyes read it, then they get scared. So it's okay to talk to a woman individually like that, but as soon as she you know, shows everyone else, how people are talking to her, then it's a problem. How dare you? That's bullying. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the bully in this situation. My bad.
2: Yeah, and it and it's always a uh, user two five three five seven four six nine hiding behind a chief Wahoo avatar. Yes. Every yes. time.
1: Yeah, but then it's also they want yes. they it's always the- call they wanna call out us too for like quote, tweeting them so that all of our followers can see it and then attack them. And I'm like, no, no, no. You're missing the whole entire point. Yes. We're calling you out because you have the balls to reply to one of our tweets. You have the, like, you should have the balls to reply to a quote tweet of 13,000, 17,000 people responding to your ignorance. It's Mm -hmm. not my fault. Yeah. Like I'm just showing everyone else how much of a dumbass you are. Sorry. Like that's all it is. And I
0: like showing people sometimes because again, like I like to reiterate that I'm not any kind of a, I'm not a media personality. I'm not in, I'm not a news reporter. I'm not anything, but the way these people think that they can just talk to me however they want all the time. And, you know, if I put something out there that one person said one time, I'm allowed to do that. Number one, it's my Twitter. I can say whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. If you don't want me doing that, don't do that. (laughs) Don't come at me with with your stupid misogynistic remarks because I will blast you for it and I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel bad if a thousand people go after you once you did it because you made that choice. You're a grown adult human being. You made that choice to say something stupid so then you know live with the consequences. Choices and consequences. I've been told that since I was a baby. Choices and consequences. (laughs) Some of these guys clearly missed that lesson.
2: My, uh, My new favorite thing that you do, Brittany, is that screenshot from one of the broadcasts where you're laughing <laughs> and you just kind of and you, like that's how you respond is with that screenshot of yourself cracking up that's my old. it's my new favorite thing like anytime you tweet that i'm like ooh, this is gonna be good
0: because they they're just so mad all the time they're so mad about nothing this is the internet guys it's the internet it's not that serious go talk to your wives if they have them
1: no they don't
2: <laughs> <laughs> go talk to your pet rock it's
1: really quite simple um, okay and then just to kind of wrap this conversation up because this, what we honestly could probably do an entire hour show just on this topic alone maybe oh we, so maybe do sev-
2: we, well. we could do several Seven hours on day, this yeah,
1: days um, the thing we just asked is just stop commenting about women are, what women are wearing and equating getting jobs and doing jobs based on the way that we look
2: hmm
1: I mean it's as simple as that um and this this stems from um, maria taylor who covers the nba she also did a monday night football game and there was a chicago radio host i'm not going to say his name cause, like it's not, not even, even worth it attention. yeah but he essentially quote tweeted a picture of her and likened her outfit to an adult film award show which is just <sighs> such poor taste just in general but the fact that this man had his own radio show is also revolting.
0: And Oh, and they lo- I'm sure the Dales loved it. Oh, they did. Of course they did. It's Of course. It's he so
1: fired by the way.
0: So- yes, he did. So
1: oh, good.
2: Is- happy ending. <laughs> 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 um I think of unfortunately he has made comments like that before and has been put on leave and then came back and then I think finally and this is why I'm so happy, Brittany. when you do call these men out like this Maria Taylor called him out and did not hold back. And I think that's one of the things that led to him losing his job because ben. she's, you know, cause she's sitting there saying like, I'm not going to take this. I am no. damn good at my job. And she is, she is excellent at her job. And so when she saw that she's, she tweeted it, she quote tweeted it and just was like, this is unacceptable. And then he lost his job. So that's why I'm glad Brittany, like, I know you don't have time to do it to every awful tweet that gets directed at you. But that's why I'm glad that you do those things sometimes because like that guy deserved to get fired. Like I just, and for me especially, and I know for you guys too, it's just so disheartening because it's like, you can't be pretty because then you only got the job because you're attractive, yeah. but then you can't mm-hmm. be ugly because it's, oh, I don't want to see that. And then it's, exactly. you know, it's like, you just can't win. And like, you can't talk about, a player being attractive because then if you do that, it's, Oh, well, she's only, she only wants sports to sleep with guys or women only get into sports to impress. Like you, like there's literally nothing we can do or say because guys will always have this retort to it. And it's especially toxic for those of us who are like working in the industry like Katie Nolan dealt with that recently as well. She was being accused of, you know, only getting her job at ESPN because she's attractive. And I'm like, if you look at her history, she worked so hard. She was working as a bartender at the same time while making videos online. I forget what the website's called. It's, it's defunct now, but she was doing essentially sports comedy takes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I don't think people realize doing video is so time consuming. Like mm-hmm. for a one minute video, it could take hours. Like when we did that don't rush video earlier during quarantine, it was a two and a half minute video that took me about four hours to edit. Like, it's time consuming. And I did yeah. not put a lot of edits in, in that video at all. So Katie Nolan is doing this on top of trying to work a bartending job. And then, you know, she finally gets picked up by a sports network. She, I think she did some stuff with Barstool and then she went with Fox Sports. And, you know, she was just working so damn hard to get to where she was. And then all of a sudden she gets accused of only having the job because she's attractive. And I'm like, I can guarantee you that other men who have similar jobs that she does didn't work anywhere near as hard as she did to get to Mm -hmm. where they are. Mm -hmm. So that was my soapbox. So I liked it. I just, just, no, that article about her, that had
0: my blood boiling. My face is hot right now. I'm so upset. I, and you know, I never read anything that he does because he's a waste of a person. Yeah. But um, that one I was curious about. So I read it and- I could not, the audacity of this human being Ugh. to talk about some, write this down. And with such arrogance, yes. like he just, he was right about everything. and there's no arguing with him. And I, that was one of the worst things I've ever read in my entire life. Honest to God. And he still thinks that he quote unquote dunked on her. Like
2: in yeah. his mind, he thinks he won this whole online battle with her.
0: And then, like, a a day later, there was another... um, I don't know her name. I want to say she works with Barstool as well. Oh, Casey Smith. That's it, yes. Yeah. Um, He was attacking her. He found a... He went on her Instagram page and found a picture of her dressed up. She had, like, a dress on. She was going out with her friends. This was before, Mm -hmm. like, coronavirus and stuff. Uh, She was on a balcony. And he found this picture of her, took a, you know, a screenshot of a whatever... Shared it on his Twitter and said, oh, is this part of the dime package? Oh, oh my God. I, so I know Casey
2: personally, because uh, she used to work for texags.com, mm-hmm. which was um, an a and blog site. Mm-hmm. And she worked there and she was on my radio show all the time at, when I was at XM and even when I was in Nashville too. Uh, and she is fun to host with. But that's another girl who just has been grinding and grinding and grinding for years before she was discovered by barstool. So I just, like, who cares if she's attractive? Yes, she is absolutely gorgeous. She's also a cancer survivor, by the way. Fun fact about Casey. Like, she is drop-dead gorgeous, but that doesn't have any bearing on how good she is at her job. Right. Yeah. Be Gross. better, men.
0: Be, I feel like better. I need to take a shower now. I'm so yeah. Right.
1: I, I will say, um, <laughs> there are a lot of really supportive men of women in sports. And I will say, I do want to acknowledge them just for a short minute because it is very encouraging. I've gotten actually quite a few DMS recently of men talking about how much they enjoy our show. How can they Mm -hmm. support us? And it's really refreshing getting those because, you know, for all of the negative crap that we deal with, there are so many men and women alike support us and like what we're doing. And you're doing Mm -hmm. this for them. Like, and, and us, like, we're really doing this for us. Um, but it's really nice because we do have support and they do outweigh the negative trolls.
2: on Yes. On the and
0: episode. luckily, so, they're, like the men who, you know, appreciate and respect other women, they know that when we talk about this stuff, they hate the same people that we yes, hate. Exactly. <laughs> yes so like they know you know we're not talking about all men we specifically say dales because they know exactly who we're talking about the kind of person that is and it's so far opposite of what they are um i think some of the nicest i'll get like random dms from people some of the very nicest and most sincere things that they've come from men and they're not trying to be creepy they're not being weird they're just being complimentary of something of something that they like you know they like the show. They like what we're doing. They're proud of you know everything that we're daughters. yes, like all and like that's men. Those are the kind of men that you know we love. It's not like we're not on here hating men that's not what we do yeah. there's just we're just hating the deals because <laughs> you see you see how they talk so unfortunately, to us yes, yes.
1: fortunately the the ones that celebrate us and support us if they do this publicly on twitter then they get called white knights or that they Sims.
0: or simps yes to Sims. she's not gonna sleep with you bro but, i mean come on like, because in their minds the only reason to ever be nice to a woman is to have sex with her
1: exactly mm-hmm. thank you you know what Mike? drop this segment's over <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got a matchup against the Cowboys this weekend. We're going to talk sports. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys are actually favored by four and a half um, going as of right now. Um, mm. It feels weird to say this, you guys, but it actually feels like we are a pretty similar team at this point in time when it comes to matching up. So let's just talk about how the Browns line up against the Cowboys. Um, does it feel like this is going to be a shootout game where whoever just scores the most points is going to win and there will be very little defense being played because that's kind of how I feel.
2: Yeah. Well, cause <laughs> I mean, you, cause you've got, cause you've got Dak, who's a very good quarterback, mm-hmm. um, but they also
1: throwing for miles.
2: Yeah. Games. And then when he doesn't, when he's not able to throw, he's got Ezekiel Elliott. So he's, he's got some pretty powerful weapons uh, in, in a similar fashion as Baker does. Um, so, yes, I agree with you, Bree. I think it's going to be those, whoever scores the most. I mean, and I know that's like – but it's, it's going to be a high-scoring high game. Like, we thought that um, last week was going to be a high-scoring game, and it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, Brittany, did you predict the
0: score almost you guys exactly? were close. I went back yeah, to the U.S. Well, yeah, were we were really, both really, really close. close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think you said, um, what, 20-30? I said 21-30? Something, something like, like that, that, yeah. I think,
1: Brittany, you had like – yeah, I think you guys were like thirty. 35 to 21 or something you guys are almost yeah it was real
0: close yeah
1: Um, so just to level set a little bit so the browns offense right now is averaging 25 points per game they're number 18th in the league the cowboys are averaging 29 points per game so slightly ahead of us Mm -hmm. um dax throwing for almost 400 yards per game um their run game is averaging 107 yards on the ground on the flip side Baker is only averaging 188 yards per game, but we are averaging 170 on the ground. So opposite when it comes to passing and run game, very different in terms of the identity. You have an identity, you guys, The run first.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> exciting. How exciting is that, by the way? An identity.
1: So exciting. But I think the one thing that that scares me a little bit is we obviously are a team that isn't necessarily used to winning close games, Mm-hmm. So if it gets to the point where we are in a shootout situation, like, do we have the mental stability to be able to punch back when we're down? And I think we did see a little bit of that on Sunday against Washington when we went down 20 to 17 and, and our offense in the third quarter just looked horrendous. Like, are we ever mm-hmm. going to score again? Because that's how it felt. But we did like Kevin Stefanski and the team was they were persistent in getting the run game to work, and it did. So mm-hmm. I go back and forth with, you know, they're going to be on the road. There, there are going to be fans in the stadium. Jack can throw it all over the place. Zeke can obviously go off, but can we, can we keep up? And if we are able to sustain that, can we ultimately win the game? Like, will it come down to whoever has their ball in the hands last wins the game? And will it be the Browns?
2: So, thinking
0: really hard well, i, I think, am.
1: i'm
2: so trying I think, to like so i'm gonna say yes and here's why and i pray that i am not cursing us by saying this mm. but cody parkey is batting a thousand right now okay, on extra points and field goals and Are honestly yes so i was thinking i was actually i've been thinking about cody parkey a lot so oh God. um <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's gonna come down to a few goals in it guys because well,
2: like that's the thing so you know how we were talking a, a few episodes ago <laughs> um about <laughs> so you know how we it was a few episodes ago where we were talking about um guys that the browns have released and let go and they were traded and they go to other teams and just shine and it's very upsetting because it's like why couldn't you do that in Cleveland? Maybe that's Cody Parkey in Cleveland because he just was garbage with the Bears, and he has been he has been on point. He's batting a thousand for his extra points and for his kicks so far. So I'm sitting there thinking like, oh yeah, I'm I'm seeing what you're just seeing, Bree. Yeah. Oh, that was oh no, that was a grand slam. Yeah, <laughs> you <cut> the, this. <laughs> but I, I might good. have oh, to. Oh my god, what happened? The so Yankees hit the a grand slam. Yeah, the Yankees hit a grand slam. It's no. 5-4. No. That was on Karen Shack, and there's
0: no out.
2: Yeah. Oh, God.
1: Oh, that is just – that is that is a backbreaker. I mean, I know yeah. it's only, only the fourth inning, but that could just suck all the air out of it. <sighs>
0: Because that's We're a We're talking thing. about Cody Parkey. You know what I'm doing? I'm mentally trying to think of how many touchdowns. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm <laughs> <all the sports laughs> well, those well, here's on the on
2: thing. That. Here's the thing. These shootout games tend to come down to field goals. And if, if Parkey has the confidence from the last two games from hitting all of his spots, then if this game does happen to come down to a field goal and it's in the hands of Cody Parkey, I'm confident. So... Yeah, I I think about kickers a lot.
1: Well, okay, so the other thing that obviously, as a Browns fan, you're a little bit worried about is the defense has not been great, especially the secondary. This continues to be an issue for us. The one thing, though, is Dallas's secondary is also horrible. Mm -hmm. I saw a stat that they are – their quarterback rating is 126.6 in the passing game. So Baker, Mayfield, OBJ, Jarvis, Hooper – technically should have a really strong game if the plays are drawn up that way. It it Mm -hmm. could be like, this might be a big game for Baker and and the speeding core. So like, you know, I, I don't think we should count the Browns out when it comes to the matchup against Dallas and Mike McCarthy, like he hasn't been coaching perfect games by any sense of the imagination. I don't know. Like this, this is very, this is a very, very close matchup on paper. Yes. Also we we have to talk about like, is Dak Prescott's confidence? Is it going to be a little bit shot? The fact that they lost on Sunday and then Jerry Jones, I don't know if he instilled a ton of confidence in Dak based on his comments earlier this week in comparing him to Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson. I don't know if you heard those comments, Meredith? If you want to give, can you give Brittany a uh, little download on what was said?
2: <laughs> yeah. So Jerry Jones has, so he has a weekly hit on um, on a radio station in Dallas. By the way, wait, a weekly yes. hit? Like they talk to Jerry Jones? Yes. So yeah, yeah like they have. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gross.
2: So say what you will about the Haslams. They talk twice a year. They talk once as they should. They talk once during training (laughs) camp, and then they talk at the end of the year as kind of like almost like an exit, like an end of the year exit interview kind of thing. Uh
0: Um, Jerry Jones goes on the radio in Dallas once a week. That is so embarrassing. First of all, (laughs) I had no idea, and now I'm sad for all of them. (laughs) I
2: mean, so yeah. So they were they asked about. I guess there's this uh, pass that Prescott didn't didn't make I didn't see the place so I'm not entirely sure what happened but then Jerry Jones says well that's the difference between Dak Prescott and then a player like Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson because those quarterbacks make those throws and I'm just like sitting there saying dude this he's is... lucky
0: Dak doesn't punch him in his old mouth <laughs> because right. that would get you punched if that like if I were Dak Prescott I'd be like all right old man you want to square up Let's <laughs> yes. Stop like my, talking. My least
2: favorite owner is the meddling one. That's one of the re- one of the many reasons why I hate Dan Snyder so much is because he treats the Washington Football Team like it's his own personal um, fantasy team, and that's how they wound up with RG three as their quarterback for a while. But you know, and Jerry Jones does the same thing with the Cowboys. It's those egotistical owners that have to remind people who they are and have to remind people like yes I am the billionaire that owns your favorite team like it's just they like they have to be on the like in the front and center of everything and just it it's annoying it's annoying as hell but yeah I just you don't want to be going on a radio show and saying those kinds of things about your starting quarterback because that that's the face of your
0: franchise I don't think that's even fair to do like the Dallas's struggles I don't think are because of Dak Prescott, like, that's not no. what they're, he's not a problem. Exactly. You know, that's exactly it. Like, that doesn't make, that doesn't add up to me because he plays fine. Like I remember there were some games last year where like he, if he, he can look like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And then, you know, he could also look, you know, very average from week to week, but like, you know, he has that potential in him. So to treat this guy, like he's some sort of a problem, like that would be a problem for me. I don't know. Yeah. Would not sit well. I think
1: Dak's been playing great. Um, Mm -hmm. I also think, I don't know if he, Jerry really meant this, but I did listen to it and I, it just honestly sounded like he was talking in circles. He could have honestly been at the debate last night. (laughs) uh, Just based on like how he just danced around this question. Um, But you're right. Like, why does he have to go and talk about this? And like, just maybe not answer the question. I I don't know. (laughs) Like, just.
0: I feel like he needs he's one of those people that needs to be miserable he needs to have like drama in his life where he doesn't know what he just gets (laughs) bored I mean imagine being that rich would probably get boring so then you have to like start meddling in you know the less rich people's lives and you know see the puppet master
2: (laughs) the Haslam's has have figured it out which is hire smart people like Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and when Kevin Stefanski goes to Andrew Barry and says, hey, this player is going to work in this scheme that I've written up. And then Andrew Barry goes to the Haslam and says, hey, can we pay this player? The Haslam say, yes, here's a check for $500 million. Go pay this. <laughs> you know? you go. Like, that's exactly what it is. I mean, and it took the Haslam's a while to get there, but that's mm-hmm. where they are right now. They are you know,
0: they... It's a deep podesta.
2: Yeah. So they sit there, they, they, you know, they own the Browns and and they own the crew and that's it. And then they write, they write the checks when they need to write the checks. They do their twice a year obligation speeches and then that's it. And that's what owners should be.
0: Although, you know what? If Dee Haslam had her own podcast, I would listen to it.
2: Oh yeah. And and she's got I that like little Southern drawl. I, I like Dee. She's
0: yeah she's a character i like her i bet she's got some stories oh Oh, yeah i want to hear them d i know you're listening right now so come on our (laughs) podcast we love you d
1: um ladies give me your final predictions for sunday Ooh. okay let's start with Brittany. do you have a win or a loss i can't remember what you picked
0: okay i think i picked i might have picked a win but i'm not going to now
1: okay you're gonna backtrack
0: I am going to backtrack. If I, I'm pretty sure I picked them to win this one. But if not... The, and I don't think the Browns are going to have a bad game. But I feel like Dallas sort of f- feels the pressure right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to be playing out of their asses. Yes. So yeah. I think the Browns are going to lose. Um, I'm going to say... 2734. Yeah, I imagine Dak might
2: have a chip on his shoulder after yeah. those comments from Jerry Jones. Yeah.
0: Um, thanks Jerry, you see Nile
2: I mean, unless that was like his plan the whole time, unless he like he was like, "All right, I'm going to go I'm going to go on the radio and say bad things about the face of my franchise. It's going to get him fired up to prove me wrong and that we're going to win." Um, yeah, I think it's going to be I I I don't feel good about the Browns winning this weekend I think it's going to be closer than that I think it's going to be high scoring but I think it's also going to be like a field goal type thing so it'll, it might be like a you know like a 27 30 situation in favor of Dallas
1: Okay. well I'm going to buck your guys' trend I'm going to put positive vibes out there do it I'm going to go with a win and I am going to say Oh boy! I'm gonna say we win.
2: Wow! Hang forty, I like um, it. Oh my god, oh, I love it. Oh! I hope. Oh my god. Woo, Bree, Whoa. I hope you are right. Oh my god, I'm gonna be so happy if you're right. I will cry. <laughs> I will
1: too. I mean, we <laughs> need this. Like I like that that grand slam that the Yankees just hit. Like I I am not in a good headspace right now. I need this.
2: yeah. I mean, that was, I think that was days. kind of, yeah, it, was, it may have been a mistake on our, because I've got the game on mute as yeah, well. It I feel it like I probably should not have had this game on while we're recording this, because I'm looking at this too and not liking what I'm seeing.
1: All right. So this has been a pretty long episode. Do we want to talk about COVID really quick? And then we, I can wrap up with over-unders because I've got some new ones for you this
0: week. Yeah. I love over-unders.
2: That's my new favorite part of this. I know. It's fun. I mean, my favorite part is Brittany goes off, but over-unders are a close (laughs) second.
1: (laughs) I agree. But But I feel like we should, I
2: feel like we should talk about the COVID because it is very newsworthy.
1: Yes. Well, actually I forgot to mention this, you guys. I don't know if you saw, but Kareem Hunt didn't practice today.
2: yeah he's uh he was out with a groin injury so i'm hoping that it's just
1: groin situations happening
2: (laughs) what are they doing
1: (laughs) groins livers i don't know this has been a weird season
2: oh Um, god yeah a lot of groin a lot of groin situations
1: but yeah my 40 points made (laughs)
2: um okay so it's okay there's still nick chubb is still there nick chubb is still healthy he's good we've got he's gonna he's gonna rush for a thousand euros on sunday it'll be okay
1: i love him Um, in COVID, obviously this is not news to anyone, it broke yesterday, but, um, there were reports of positive tests in the Titans Vikings game over the weekend and the Steelers play the Titans this weekend, or they're supposed to play this weekend. Um, it has been postponed based on, um, four players and five personnel members testing positive. Um, so as of right now, the games will either be played on Monday or Tuesday, um, which is really interesting because obviously it's been, the league has been pretty scotch free when it comes to positive COVID tests during game weeks. Mm. Um, And this is the first time that this has happened. And it's been reported that the player played on Sunday, which is interesting because um, they must obviously not do rapid testing pre-game or like something had to have happened.
2: Well, and here's another thing that, that could have happened. I think people forget a lot of times that the virus can take up to two weeks to manifest. So, you know, like if I went to the grocery store a week ago and unintentionally came in contact with someone who's contagious, then I catch it. It might be seven to 10 days before I show up with a positive test. So that's possibly, that's what I'm, I'm not saying that I hope that something bad, but I'm saying that that's kind of, I'm hoping that they didn't realize that he was positive before the game for that reason, like maybe when mm-hmm. he did take the test, it came back negative because the virus hadn't fully manifested yet. <laughs> Llama. <laughs> yeah. She has opinions on COVID, apparently. There, there was
1: a national take this morning too, just whether like, do you have confidence in the NFL? And with the protocols, I think the NFL has been doing a great job managing this, to be honest with you. yes, And, and this, this is just a matter of life. Because they aren't the players aren't living in a bubble. They are traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously had the MLB when their season kicked off. The the Marlins obviously was they were a disaster at the beginning, and, and we know now that they obviously went against protocols and weren't following the rules, which is mm-hmm. how all of that happened. And and the MLB hasn't had an issue since then. So I do feel confident in the NFL's protocols. There's just so many factors that go into this because we were just texting earlier today. You know, players have families. They're living with other people in their households. They may be following protocols, but mm-hmm. is everybody in their house following protocols? Like, are they staying in their house locked up? Do they have kids? Are the kids in school? Mm-hmm. There's just so many factors of having the potential exposure to COVID that unless you are strictly living in a bubble and quarantining, there's, there's going to be positive tests.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and the thing that bothered me about that question is – it, it kind of implies that the NFL may not be taking care of their players. And I don't think that's the case. And I think that's because that's the thing. I saw that question um, on ESPN today. I mean, and I, I understand what they were doing. Like it is a talk show. They needed to come up with topics. And so they were coming up with a question for the hosts to discuss. I get it. That's my job too. So I understand what the intent was, but I think the reason it bothered me so much is because it did imply that the NFL isn't taking care of their players, which I believe they are, and like you said, Bree, I think that there are way too many factors that go into this um, you know and and here's the thing the players would not have agreed to the protocols put forward by the NFL if they didn't feel safe. You know JC Treder would not have allowed that, so the NFL probably is doing their job and it I I'm sure it was either a player that probably broke protocol or someone within their household that broke broke protocol, and it's not on the NFL for, you know, not having proper procedures in place.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm happy that the Browns haven't had the situation yet, and I I hope that they continue to...
2: Yeah, theirs were false positives, so... Which was scary.
1: It used to happen, and it becomes a non-factor for us, but... Yeah, it, it's going to happen, so it will be interesting. Um, okay, guys, time oh. for rounders. You guys, last week, I just went back and looked. Brittany, you were three for six, and Meredith, you were four for six, so just slightly above 500. Ooh. Brittany, you had some pushes in there, too, that saved you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed to push this week. I was told I'm not allowed to give oh, pushes. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's like going eight It's like going eight and eight, right? That's what he said, and I was like, no, it's different. <laughs> okay, you it's different. To it.
1: Okay. <laughs> So, this week we are going to start off with Baker Mayfield passing yards. 250. I shared the average earlier in the show at 188 per game, but I also share with you how bad Dallas is in the passing game. Mm-hmm.
0: 250, huh? What was your score prediction? Here. It was high, 2734. You know what? Okay, now I was gonna say no. I'll take the under.
1: Any <laughs> <laughs> okay, under? I and mean, uh, the analytics are in your favor, so.
2: I'm going. I'm going under. I think it's gonna be a run-heavy game.
1: All right, Both under. Okay. Next. Keeping with the theme, passing yards allowed, 400. Dak is pretty much averaging 400. Does the defense That's- lock anyone down?
0: I'm going to take the under. Yes. I think he'll, yeah. He's going to have a good game, but I, th- I hope we can manage under 400. That he seems like so us. much.
2: <laughs> I Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over. Um, I think our defense is going to – I think they're going to have trouble with, with Dak, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over. All right.
1: Nicholas Chubb.
2: Yeah, over. I, don't, I don't even know what it is. I'm
1: <laughs> Perfect. I'm putting you guys both a Z over.
2: <laughs> well, at least tell us, at least tell us what it is. It like what are we... yards. He's averaging. Oh God. Seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. Over.
1: Especially if Kareem is potentially questionable. We'll see. Okay. The Cowboys turnovers one and a half. Obviously the last week Browns forced five against Washington. Um Oof. Just for your reference, Dak has thrown 143 times in three games and only two interceptions. But this could be fumbles. could be a multitude of things.
2: Hmm. I'll take the under. Okay. And I'm going to go under, too. All
1: right. And then finally, we've got the total, total point, which this comes from Vegas. This does not come from Vegas. Um, total points is 55.5 5. and I think you guys what did you guys pick just over
2: yeah based on the score predictions up. I think we're both over yeah. on that you one guys
1: are both over yeah you guys been over then Yeah. are
2: you over
0: on that one what
1: was yours 40 to 28 was oh I'm 100% I'm at 68 <laughs> 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 Meredith was 57 in total so she's slightly over all right, overs. All right, ladies. That's a wrap for this I'm week. excited. I'll keep track. We'll do a running, a running in the next few weeks.
2: Yeah, I have. So I have the uh, schedule game that we had played.
1: Yes, we got to check the in. First. At the, we'll check in at like halfway through. How about that?
2: Yeah, that sounds good. Because right now it's in a notebook that's on the other side of the room, and I don't want to go up and get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we're on par with where we were at this point in the season. I think he had us at two and one, honestly
2: yeah i think so too but we'll 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 keep it under wraps we'll check it after after week eight and okay. see where everyone stands
0: with their predictions Woo! 13 and okay. 3 here we come <laughs> yeah.
1: it's fun doing the live show when we have um when we do the overnurs because everyone plays the so i do miss that but we'll we'll get back to a live show next week um yes thank you all Absolutely. for tuning in on episode number 43 that is a wrap and don't forget to rate and review us apple itunes spotify or stitcher uh leave us a a nice review we love reading them and we will hopefully see you guys all live next week go Browns. go tribe let's call it a comeback
0: go jimmy butler